is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackley, but it is Tuesday, November 16th, baby. And it's time for the Week 11 Waiver Wire. Remember, man, remember, uh, it's probably your trade deadline this week. This is a common week for a lot of folks to have their trade deadline. Uh, We are a month out from the fantasy football playoffs. The pedal is to the metal. We got to push to the finish line. Play to the darn whistle, baby. So there's still time. Trim the fat. Trim the fat. Load up for upside. Make sure you get as many of these cuffs out there as possible on your bench because every time, every year, we have players who go down at running back and we have deep running back names who come out of the woodwork. Every stinking year. So, uh, we'll dive into that today, and uh, we're going to kick it off with, of course, these are waiver wire rankings. You can get them over at ftnfantasy.com, and I do cast a wide net. So, at the top, it is A.J. Dillon. I am going 35% on him, and I'll tell you precisely why. So, Aaron Jones, it's not a serious injury. Initially, it looked like it might be. Uh, The initial thought process was, hey, this could be a four to six weeker. No, it's a one to two weeker, and I do think it's a two weeker. I do. Based on his track record, he has had this injury before a mild MCL sprain, and it did sideline him for two weeks. So either way, why am I spending so much on AJ AJ Dillon? And chances are he's not out there in your leagues. He's barely under the threshold, but he is out there in enough leagues where you still may be able to get your hands on him. I'm grabbing him for really two reasons. One reason is obviously the cuff value. The immediate value is logical, but the cuff value beyond that, so you have implied value in case Jones goes down again. And then on top of it, Dylan's being used, regardless of whether or not Jones is on the field. So Dylan is at least a flexible option for the stretch run, even if you don't have Aaron Jones. And I think that's so important to note. You don't need the starter to grab the cuff. You can do the naked handcuff. Get your mind out of the gutter with that one. You can do that at this time of year. 35%. I'm spending a lot on him. Remember, your money is not worth worth as much now as it was in the beginning of the season. You're getting a guy now for only a few weeks as opposed to the beginning of the season where you get him for 15, 16 weeks. Your cost per uh, week, you're not getting as much bang for your buck. Ramondre Stevenson, 30%. Now, I do not think he simply assumes the lead duties but I also do think he is going to be used going forward. And this team plays on Thursday night. Uh, Damian Harris has not worked his way through the concussion protocol. So right now, as of yesterday, he was a DNP. Now that was, it wasn't an actual practice, uh, but they do have to put that practice report out there. Anyway, he's got to get to limited today to even get back on the field. But what Stevenson showed, uh, there's more than enough there for him to be utilized. Uh, going forward. Darnell Mooney, now we go way down, 12%. If he's still out there on waivers, Allen Robinson is not in enough leagues. He would be right here with Mooney. I'd actually prefer Robinson just slightly because, hey, Justin Fields showing signs of a breakout. So we'll go 12% there. 12% on Deontay Foreman. I've watched the last two Titans games very closely. He is clearly the best running back out of the three. Now, is he a great running back? No, But the cream rises, and ultimately the guy who's playing the best is going to get the touches. And if I can see it, I'm sure the coaching staff can see it as well. And that's a good team. It's a good team. Uh, Formerly of this team, Corey Davis at 10% for me. People want to find reasons to drop Corey Davis, but the reality is we should be adding him. He was the top wide receiver for the team this week. 
this past week after getting back on the field. And they could have Zach Wilson back after the Mike White debacle here. So I'm going uh, 10% on Corey Davis. Same thing with Rashad Bateman. I'll go 10% on him. Obviously, continues to flash. The volume isn't quite there for him, but that's only a minor concern of mine. I mean, it's not, let's be clear, it's not like he's getting no targets. They are throwing the ball more in Baltimore, which is very encouraging. They're obviously coming off of a very weird game, but what I mean is essentially Bateman will still be the number three target in that offense, but my initial fear was maybe Sammy Watkins would eat into it. No, he didn't. So thankfully, you know, no worries there. It's Brown, it's Andrews, then it is Bateman, but Bateman still has a lot of juice. 10% on Justin Fields. Now, I'm spending on him if I don't have a top 10 option. If I have, even if I have Russell Wilson, who's obviously coming off of a dreadful game for fantasy purposes. I'm not buy, I'm not spending that money on Justin Fields because I have Russell Wilson. But if I went the approach that, well, I happen to go in basically every league, which is a safe and upside late round approach where I've been cobbling together throughout the course of the season with the likes of Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan, uh, then I am spending on Justin Fields because now we are we saw signs in the previous two games, and really it's been it's been a, a month's worth of Justin Fields running a little bit more. That's where the value is going to come from. Justin Fields looking more comfortable on the field, making bigger throws, and obviously right before the bye was a a, a kind of signature game for him in a lot of ways, at least to start his career out. I am putting him on benches. You To answer your question, who would I rather have, Justin Fields or Trey Lance? Well, at this point, this is not even close. I love Trey Lance, but it's not even close. Justin Fields, 10%. Maybe not a league winner, but anyway. All right, quick break, and then we'll roll through the rest of the waiver ads for week 11. All right, after the, those are all the top ads. So after that, Michael Gallup showed enough that I'm going to spend 8% on him. Remember, players aren't immune to to injury, and we have seen both CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper get banged up at different points during the course of the season. I don't want to use Gallup on a weekly basis, but his implied value, which is pretty rare for wide receivers to have that type of implied value. We don't really cuff at wide receiver, but his implied value is through the roof. You know, he would be, he'd be an instant wide receiver too if one of those guys went down, which is hard to find on waivers. So I'm going to stash him now if he's out there. Uh, And by the way, CeeDee Lamb is okay. Apparently it was a Charlie horse. Boston Scott, 7%. Don't know when Miles Sanders is coming back. I mean, this is the earliest he could come back is this week. But Boston Scott showed enough. He ran really well in uh, this past game. And that was supposed to be a tough matchup on paper. So we'll go 7% on him. How about this 7% on Wayne Gallman? Ah, kicking Wayne is back. <laughs> you know it's almost December when Wayne Gallman makes an appearance in the fantasy waiver wire column. Uh, so why Wayne Gallman 7%? Well, Cordero Patterson is banged up, and it's a, it's an ankle sprain. We don't know the severity of the ankle sprain, but it does seem like he's not going to play this week. I've, I've seen some injury experts say that it had the mechanisms of a high ankle sprain. So if it is a high ankle sprain, he can miss more than just this week. And they didn't turn to Mike Davis, interestingly enough. They turned to Wayne Gallman uh, when he was out of the game. So 7% on him. 7% on Kadarius Tony. I still believe in the upside. 7% on Brian Edwards. Also upside. Realize Brian Edwards, that was only on three catches. Just know that. This is like a Donovan Peoples-Jones type ad where we are boom or bust with Brian Edwards. 
5% on Van Jefferson. I mean, the offense looked pretty flat. I don't expect that to continue. That was a divisional game, too. So keep that in mind. But Van Jefferson's the number three receiver on a roster or in an offense, I should say, that runs the most three receiver sets. So there is value to Van Jefferson. I just think, you know, we're going to continue to see more and more OBJ as uh, the weeks go on. Jordan Howard, 5%. Remember, his value is closely tied to Miles Sanders. So I don't know if I'm going to go too overboard on him. Dan Arnold, 5%. I'm in a league now where I am going to probably be starting Dan Arnold the rest of the way. The volume is there. The play is not bad. It's really just an opportunity, though, for him. It's just all about the opportunity. He's seeing all the receptions because, well, the targets are there. They're going to throw. And Trevor Lawrence likes him. So I do, too. Cam Newton, 5%. Cam Newton is going to be a QB2 plus going forward. Get, get used to it. He's back, baby. Uh, Robbie Anderson, 3%. No, I'm not going overboard on Anderson. But we did see, hey, maybe that's the type of receiver Cam likes. I don't know what's going to happen ultimately here in a long term. But, you know, they connected for a touchdown immediately. You know, it's like you can't, you couldn't salvage any value whatsoever out of Robbie Anderson with, with Sam Darnold. Maybe you can with Cam Newton. So I'll take his up. We know the upside's there. I'll take his upside and toss it onto a bench if I have, you know, some of these guys who I'm going to say to drop or if I have, you know, uh, a little bit of room, which room on a bench is not easy to find. But regardless, I'm going to look at Robbie Anderson. Gabriel Davis, 3%. Uh, we'll see what happens with Cole Beasley. A little dinged up. We saw a little bit more Gabriel Davis, but he's a perfect add at this time of year with his high ceiling. Logan Thomas, 3%. Sneak in and grab him if he's out there, if you need help at tight end, because most of us do. Matt Breda, 3%. Now, he did not play a lot in last week's game. I talked about that on the podcast yesterday, but uh, I will say that, you know, hey, if there's smoke, there's potential for fire. For fantasy purposes, there was a little bit of smoke there with Matt Breda. Kendrick Bourne, speaking of smoke, man, this ball, this guy balled out this week. I don't expect it to continue. It's still Jacoby Myers, first and foremost, Hunter Henry, and then you know you do have, obviously, Bourne with a nice connection there with Mac Jones. They just aren't going to throw the ball a lot, so I don't want to get too crazy here. Jamal Agnew, 3%. I'm reluctant here because he had no catches. He put up that fantasy line with no catches because he basically had uh, a run that was to kind of turn into a punt return, which is what he's really good at. So I'd be cautious there. Marcus Johnson getting involved at 3% for Tennessee. Uh, Julio Jones is not playing, obviously. He's on injured reserve. So Marcus Johnson saw some work, and he's got some speed, man. I was impressed with what I saw Again, deep ad. Nothing special here for regular leagues, but beggars can't be choosers in those deep leagues. Or uh, those, um, you know, if you're in a high-stakes league. Tua Tungavailoa, 3%. Mac Jones, 3%. I'm just trying to add upside quarterbacks, and I think there's a little bit with both of them. Man, I was so impressed with Mac Jones. I watch him. That kid can play. Now, they're covering him up as you would a rookie, but I do think there's a viable case for him. They, he could be the best quarterback out of this class, which is kind of crazy because the generational prospect in this class in Trevor Lawrence, I don't want to write Trevor Lawrence off, but Mac Jones is really good. Uh, Tyler Conklin, 2%. Remember, that was only three catches. Uh, he scored two touchdowns on three catches. It's not sustainable. Gerald Everett, uh, 2% as well. He had a heavy volume day. I want to see if that continues. We know that there were, we, hey, I liked him in the preseason as well. 
Uh, there's a little bit of hype with him. So, you know, not too shabby if the volume continues. Ray Ray McLeod, 2%. Same thing, you know, that's really tied to Chase Claypool. If he misses time, then there might be some volume there for Ray Ray McLeod. Of course, there was no Ben in that game as well. Taysom Hill, 2%. I'm going to keep adding him because if they do abandon ship with Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill is like a back-end quarterback one, but that's still an if at this point. Zach Wilson looks like he'll be back this week, so I'll go 2% on him. Mason Rudolph, just kind of a friendly reminder in two quarterback leagues that we should be adding him, and maybe David Blau if the Lions decide to uh, you know, to move on here from Jared Goff, if that does happen. All right, hold list, cut list. Uh, who are we holding? I'm holding Carson Wentz. Last week was a down week, but I'm not going to just look at one week in fantasy football. Zach Moss, I know that people are concerned. Actually, Devin Singletary as well. People are concerned about the backfield. Again, one week, I'm going to hold on to running backs right now. Cortland Sutton, I think our expectations just have to change for him. That's all that really is. And then Elijah Moore, because I know people are going to want to drop him because that's what people do. I guess he scored a touchdown, though, but he still is uh, He's a hold for me. Uh, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, they are guys who we can move on from. Adrian Peterson, Jeremy McNichols. If I'm going to have any Titans back, it is Deontay Foreman right now. Le'Veon Bell just isn't happening. And Jarvis Landry, I've, I've wanted to cut him loose for a while. I wouldn't even add that type of player. I just don't like low upside slot guys. Uh, typically, they just don't get it done. All right, so this week, if we have these defenses, who are we keeping on our roster? Who are we streaming? Uh, the Ravens against the Bears, even though Justin Fields, is uh, the arrow is pointing up, I'm still going to use them. I'm going to use Tampa against the Giants. I'm going to use the Patriots yet again against Atlanta. I will use Buffalo regardless. Even though I don't love the matchup against Indy, I'm going to keep rolling with them. I'll keep rolling with uh, the Cardinals as well. They're facing Seattle, but Russ is still not 100%. Uh, and that's probably it in terms of who I would hold on to, yeah. Uh, teams that I am adding, streamers, Miami facing the Jets. I don't care who's under center. I'm going to be adding them. T- Tennessee facing Houston, you know, easy peasy. Carolina against Washington, they're in play. The Browns are in play uh, against the Lions. And maybe the, well, yeah, the 49ers as well. The 49ers uh, against Jacksonville, maybe Washington because they're facing Carolina, although I don't really love that one if Cam is under center. So there you go, your streamers for the week. Remember, ftnfantasy.com. I'm at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. And tomorrow, I'll be back. Talk some rankings here for Week 11 Fantasy Football. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.